everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Dazon Digest. I'm April Dyer, a liaison clinical pharmacist with Dazon, and I will be your host for today's episode. The title of this episode is, Let's Take a Mindful Pause Before Treating Bacteriuria in Older Adults. And we will be discussing an article published in Antimicrobial Stewardship and Healthcare Epidemiology in January 2023, entitled, Bacteriuria in Older Adults Triggers Confusion in Healthcare Providers a mindful pause to treat worry. We are sharing this episode on Friday, February 17th, 2023. As stewards, we know it is best practice not to screen for and treat asymptomatic bacteriuria, or ASB, in older adults. But time and time again, we see these very things occur in clinical practice. Treatment of ASB puts patients at risk for complications associated with antibiotic use, such as C. difficile infections, development of drug-resistant infections, adverse events, and drug interactions. Antimicrobial stewardship programs and the Infectious Diseases Society of America see the reduction of the treatment of ASB as a priority. ASB is particularly high in nursing home residents, ranging from 35 to 93 percent. And we have a need for simple decision aids to help improve the diagnosis and empiric treatment of UTIs in older adults. I selected today's article for the podcast because many of my days on hospitals are trying to address the challenge of asymptomatic bacteriuria treatment. While the mindful pause we will discuss today focuses specifically on adults in care homes, I think this article offers many great takeaway points that can be applied to the inpatient and emergency department settings. The mindful pause can help prescribers have increased clarity on how to manage three specific situations that may lead to inappropriate ASB treatment. These situations include clinical confusion over how to address changes from baseline in elderly patients, decisions on when to order urinalysis and urine culture, and deciding what to do when a patient has a positive urine culture. The authors open their commentary with an all-too-familiar example case from a long-term care facility. A nursing home resident is acting different from baseline and reports some irritation with urination. This triggers a provider to order a urine culture. The resident feels normal again when the culture results a couple of days later and has no urinary complaints, but the culture is positive. The positive culture results in the resident being started on antibiotics. It is important to note that there were many opportunities in this scenario to pause and reevaluate the resident's care. First, when there was a concern about a deviation from baseline status. Second, when a urinalysis or urine culture was sent to lab without documenting urinary symptoms. Third, when a positive culture in an asymptomatic patient triggered an antibiotic prescription. A mindful pause at any one of these critical points in care may have kept this patient from receiving unnecessary antibiotic therapy. Let's go through each of these points of confusion, starting with a change from baseline, and discuss ways to approach the scenario and introduce a mindful pause. Older adults often present with nonspecific symptoms or confusion, which present diagnostic challenges. The Society of Healthcare Epidemiology of America, also known as SHEA, convened an expert panel to address the utility of non-localizing symptoms in nursing home residents. When residents are confused, the Confusion Assessment Method, or CAM, can be used to systematically identify delirium. If delirium is present, a patient sh should be worked up for both infectious and non-infectious causes. Delirium is important to identify since it can increase a patient's risk of loss of functional status, hospitalization, and death. Standardized tools can help clinicians to more reliably identify delirium and its potential causes. 
Notably, falls or behavioral changes other than delirium are not indicative of an infection and should not be worked up as such. Another common reason for inappropriate collection of urine in elderly patients is that the family often requests UTI workup due to behavioral changes, since they have been told previously that changes in behavior are signs of infection. Although clinicians often know the, this testing is inappropriate, they are trying to manage the risk of dissatisfying the family. If an older adult reports genitourinary problems, these are not always caused by a UTI, and clinicians need to be careful to assess the whole patient prior to attributing these symptoms to a urinary infection. For example, yeast infections or dehydration that has led to concentrated urine can both lead to burning during urination. Males may have enlarged prostates that cause urinary obstruction and difficulty voiding. A failure to think through these possibilities may lead to a patient not receiving treatment for their actual problem or receiving unnecessary antibiotics. Furthermore, if a patient is suspected to have UTI and fails to improve after an appropriate antibiotic course, additional assessment is warranted to ensure the patient has a correct diagnosis. Older patients may experience behavioral changes for a variety of reasons, and it seems easy enough to do something by ordering a urinalysis or urine culture. However, actively monitoring a patient's vital signs, encouraging hydration, ensuring the patient is not constipated, and considering other reasons for the behavioral changes are also important to ensure the patient receives the most appropriate care. This brings us to the next opportunity for a mindful pause when deciding whether or not to order a urinalysis or urine culture. Providers often receive requests to order urine cultures on patients. However, ideally there should be an assessment that takes place prior to carrying out this order. The low minimum criteria are a set of subjective and objective findings that encourage providers to start antibiotics in patients who are likely to have a UTI. Criteria such as these are useful to reduce urine culturing, and studies have shown that applying these criteria do not lead to increased mortality or hospital admissions. The Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, or AHRQ, also has some great tools and resources for stewardship in long-term care facilities. Judicious urine culturing is important in elderly adults, particularly nursing home residents, since 25 to 50 percent of female and 15 to 35 percent of male residents have bacteriuria. And of those residents, 90% will have pyuria. A urinalysis sent from a nursing home that is leukocyte esterase and nitrite positive has a specificity of approximately 20% for diagnosing a UTI. I think the way the authors explain these statistics in clinical context is great. They stated, on the day a resident of a long-term care facility falls, if a urine culture is sent, there is a 50% chance it will be positive. However, if the urine culture had been sent a week earlier, it would also have had a 50% chance of being positive. The fall and concomitant bacteria are coincidental, not connected. Positive urine cultures have implications for patients, namely the receipt of unnecessary antibiotics. Good diagnostic stewardship that focuses on avoiding unnecessary treatment is crucial for reducing this antibiotic exposure. Furthermore, clinicians should focus on signs and symptoms of a UTI rather than changes in urine smell or appearance. Culturing technique is also important, and a good clean-catch specimen is necessary. Confused and frail older adults may be unable to collect good quality specimens, and in-and-out catheterizations can be painful and frightening for some patients. Finally, the last step where we can add a mindful pause is upon seeing a positive urine culture. In order to refrain from treating these cultures, providers will need some mental strength and willingness to tolerate uncertainty. Providers are understandably fearful of missing a case of bacteremia and causing patient harm. Therefore, the upfront importance of a symptom evaluation for the diagnosis and treatment of UTI cannot be overemphasized. 
It is also important when you have a positive urine culture in an asymptomatic patient to think of the potential harms associated with antibiotics, such as C. difficile infection, adverse drug events, and the development of resistant organisms. It's necessary to remember that antibiotic-resistant organisms could cause more serious infections in the future and will be more difficult to treat and could cause greater harms to the patient. As I mentioned earlier in the talk, this is an article that assesses a tool that nursing facilities can use to prevent overculturing of urine and overtreatment of asymptomatic bacteriuria. So how can you use this information as an inpatient antibiotic steward? While DASM does not provide consultation in long-term care facilities, there are requirements for antibiotic stewardship in these settings, and our community hospitals treat patients from nursing homes. Antibiotic use in the nursing home and community setting impacts our local antibiograms. So first and foremost, this article is a great resource to share with our colleagues in the nursing home setting. Also, I think this is a great education tool for our AD, since they often treat nursing home patients who present with confusion or a change from baseline and are tasked with deciding when to order a urinalysis or urine culture. The mindful pauses serve as an important reminder that UTI is not the only cause of confusion in elderly adults, and we should have processes in place to assess for delirium and its potential causes as part of our initial patient workups. We also need to think of ways to share criteria for appropriate urine culture ordering and UTI diagnostic criteria. I believe educating our ED providers to add a mindful pause when evaluating these patients could be beneficial. Another point that I wanted to touch on from the article is that it is often difficult to obtain clean catches in frail or confused patients. So we want to make sure that we are obtaining specimens appropriately and address barriers our facility may have to good specimen collection. I'd encourage speaking with nurses about some of the challenges they may face and how to obtain a clean catch in these populations. Several years ago, I was working with a nursing facility who admitted that their procedure for collecting in and out casts was too cumbersome and likely leading to contamination. They shared that a single nurse would often have to position a patient, insert the catheter, hold the catheter in urine collection cup in such a way that the tubing would drain urine into the cup, all while trying not to touch the cup or spill the urine. This process, of course, worked best with two nurses, but if a second nurse was not available to assist with all the moving pieces, one nurse would collect the specimen. We found that our contamination rate at this facility decreased for in and out casts when they purchased a collection device that had a bag where urine drained indirectly. This device made it much more feasible for one nurse to collect the specimen without contamination. The stewardship team was able to help them advocate for this collection device that made their jobs easier and reduced urine culture contamination. So if you suspect a contamination problem at your facility, ask nurses if they have any ideas on how to improve the collection process. Of course, when stewards perform audit and feedback, we often see patients who have already been started on antibiotics and have culture results. When we assess these patients and make recommendations, it is important to review the patient's signs and symptoms of a UTI and discuss the potential harms of unnecessary therapies. This is another place we can add a mindful pause. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Days on Digest. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. 